Sorry about all that. <laughs> Should have had that ready before. I didn't do it. Um, glad for the presence of each and every one that has come out to be with us this morning. Um, it's good for your presence. Uh, Andy is, of course, out of town, and I told him I would fill in with him for him since, uh, well, Abe was supposed to speak today, and then Abe was that when I decided to go out of town, too. So uh, I'm actually filling in for Abe. So um, <laughs> I'm the th third person on the list that, that you got. So, But... Um, it's good to see everybody with us. I'm glad uh, my dad's in town with his and Penny, and we're glad to have them with us today and visiting. And uh, uh, some other that are also visiting with us uh, from out of not not in this area. So we're glad that you've come our way and to spend some time with us. And ask you to take your Bibles out and we'll follow along with us as we proceed to make some thoughts from God's Word this morning. We want to talk a little bit about uh, being offended today. Um, Quite often times we will hear people um, talk about, and they'll, they'll say things like, maybe kind of like this. They'll say, it's, it's, it's not very, you know, it's very common to hear people say, I'm rather offended by that. As it gives them some kind of certain rights uh, when, they, when they make that statement. Um, this fellow said, it's no more than a whine, and I find that offensive. It has no meaning, it has no real purpose, and it has no reason to be respected even, he said, as a phrase. And he said, I'm offended by that. So sometimes, and what he means by that is that sometimes people will say they're offended at various things. I'm offended that the carpet's that color or whatever. And they can be ridiculous about things that they say they're offended about. And they, it's like the gentleman says, it's, it acts like that gives them some kind of rights about that, that they can just be offended at whatever they want to be offended about. Um, we realize that sh should not be the case. Um, where I we want to look at today that we talk about offense and even the definitions of it, uh, about being offended and so on. Uh, it is, look at, the, look at some of the top definitions here. The violation of breaking some social or moral rule uh, or transgression or even a sin. So basically there is some rule or, um, or moral or code or, or law that is actually being transgressed in order for there to be a sin that takes place. Um, when we talk about someone who is an offender, it is someone that has done something wrong. He has transgressed the law. Um, some misdemeanor, like it says, a cause of transgression or wrong. Something, someone, something that offends or displeases. Um, and it, keep that in mind. It's always with some law or some rule or some standard uh, to go by. Uh, the feeling of being resentful displeasure caused to give um, offense. Um, the act of attacking, the act of assault. Um, he said a person or an army that is attacking. We understand that like whether it's an army or even like football, for instance, we understand there's an offense and there's a defense. There's an offense that's trying to score on the other team, and what they are doing is trying to put a put a place a, an attack against them uh, that they might be successful at and to, and to score. Uh, we understand that. Um, in the archaic terms, it comes from that there might be injury or harm or hurt uh, that is caused by someone who is an offender. But keep in mind, it's always usually, like we said, in the Bible associated with things that are in transgression of some rule or some law. Um, when you think about on the Sermon on the Mount, if you will, turn over to in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 30. 
He said, and Jesus says, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it's more profitable for one of your members to perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And the idea was that he's talking about here is that there were th- if there's anything that causes you um, uh, in committing some sin, take drastic action is the idea that what Jesus is trying to say here. Um, is he really saying that we all should pluck out our, all of our eyes and ears and things like that when, uh, no. But the idea is that we get the idea of what he's trying to say here. Take drastic measures uh, to reduce the temptation of sinning, whatever that, whatever that may be. Uh, it may be that we have to do some drastic things in our life and make some drastic changes um, in order to not be offensive. Because he says, if we offend God, and when we sin, and we transgress his will, he says, we don't want our whole, we don't want our, to be lost. We don't want our whole body to be cast into hell because of that. So take drastic measures and changes about that in your life. Um, in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, verse 6. He goes on to say, For whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. He's talking about offending someone. He goes on to say, Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. The idea of we actually are leading someone astray. We are actually um, causing them uh, to sin. He said it would be better if a millstone were hung around our neck and we were drowned in the depth of the sea. Let that sink in for a minute. We ought not to be the cause of anyone being lost or to be led astray because of us, because of our example. Think about that. It's, it's, it's a very serious thing, isn't it? We realize that. Um, in Paul's instruction in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, in verse 13. He says, therefore, he said, if food makes my brother stumble, he said, I will never eat meat again, lest I make my brother stumble. He was talking about food being offered to idols here in this context. And he says, if that causes my brother to stumble, he says, I'll never eat meat again. We have certain liberties, certain things that are up to our judgment and discretion. Um, and if we find out it causes... Um, someone to be tempted, someone to, um, to stumble because of some of those things. Maybe when we're around them, we just don't do that. Maybe we, we, we have the, the right to be able to say, okay, today I won't do that. I don't want to be offensive to them in this or that in, uh, capacity. Do we really think about things like that enough uh, to care about our, our brother? Because we realize we all are in different growth levels as far as things, understandings of different things. And for a time period, we might not, we're not all going to be exactly maybe on the same page at the same time. So we have to be careful about that. We don't want to cause someone to stumble. We don't want someone to be lost and to quit the Lord uh, because, of, because of us, because of our example. The idea, should we be careful not to offend or displease on, in, on every occasion? Um, you know, sometimes people have got crazy about that. We can talk about 
situations in which people say they are offended if we talk to them about their homosexuality, for instance. God has a belief and a judgment about that, and he tells us where we're to be about that. And if someone says, well, I don't want you talking to me, I'm offended that you talk to me about that, and tell me what the Bible has to say. We need to tell them what the Bible has to say about it and let that, let that lie where it lie with them, okay? So we ought not to worry about that so much. But when John the Baptist was preparing way for the coming of the Lord in, um, in Matthew chapter 3, in verse 7, And he talks about here that uh, he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism. He said to them, brood of vipers, who warn you to flee uh, from the wrath to come? You need to bear fruits, he says, worthy, he said, of repentance. So when the scribes and Pharisees were coming out and people, many people were being coming out to the Jordan to be baptized by John, confessing their sins, that was a good thing that they were doing that. They were recognizing sin, transgression, and they were taking care of that. Um, but the Pharisees and Sadducees, that really wasn't their, their intent. It was to go out and to change anything, really. And so um, they were offended by the things John had to say. They were offended by John's message of, of repentance and change. And that's when he goes on to say, he says, you know, they, they, they said, we have Abraham as our father. They counted themselves and their Jewish heritage, religious heritage, as something to fall back upon and say, I'm better than you. And Jesus says, don't you realize that God could raise up new children from stones, from rocks? And even right now, he's laying to the, lay, putting the ax to the root of the trees to cut down your thinking and your whole entire belief system that God is just the God of the Jews. He said, that's going to be a thing of the past very soon. You need to change your mind. You need to change your thinking. You need to be on board with repenting and preparing for the coming of the Messiah, who was about to come and to die for them. They were offended about that. Jesus addressed the Pharisees again over in Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 36. Again, to calling them brood of vipers. Well, do you think that that was very nice? Do you think that, Jesus, are, you know, are you really, shouldn't you maybe worded that a little differently? Uh, you sure you wanted to really call them that? Uh, yes, the Lord knew what he was saying uh, when he called them that. And he was calling them out about that uh, for what they were. He said, how, you, how can you being evil speak good things? Out of the abundance of the heart, he says, the mouth speaks but a good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the tre evil treasure of his uh, heart brings forth evil, evil things. For I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Think about what he's, Jesus is saying there. He called them brood of vipers. He says, you're, you're being evil. How can you being evil speak good things? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we truly are comes out. And eventually, you know, the scribes and Pharisees, they, when they went out to the wilderness, they weren't coming out to really be taught by John, were they? No, they had a different ulterior motive. 
And eventually they wanted to see Jesus being put to death. Uh, multitudes saw miracles of Jesus and they, they would believe on him. But the scribes and Pharisees, they weren't doing that. They just were making them matter and matter and matter. Every time that he spoke and he said that he was the son of God and made those claims. They said, how dare you do that? They accused him of blasphemy and they wanted to put him to death. Um, in Matthew chapter 23, Matthew chapter 23, when he talks about these woes uh, to the scribes and Pharisees here, Verse 27 beginning, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to man, but inside, he said, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. He said, Woe to you. He said, You appear beautiful on the outside, yet inside you're full of dead man's bone and all uncleanness. You, not, you are not righteous, he's saying. You appear one way on the outwardly, but inwardly you are completely different. You are rotten to the core. So, should we be careful not to offend or displease? Sometimes Jesus displeased people, didn't he? Sometimes he offended people. He even talked about over later in the, in the Gospels, he says, he told his disciples, he says, you know, the sun went away, walked with them no more and all this. You know, and he asked the question, are you? He asked the question to the, to the audience at one point. He says, are you offended because of me? And hopefully the answer is no, because we realize who he was and what he came to do. But there were some that were offended at Jesus. And if that's the case, then let them be offended, because they needed to understand who he was. What about us? We hear a lesson or a sermon or sometimes being preached, um, pointing out maybe some error that we're involved in, we need to make sure we have the right attitude about that, that we receive the teaching with, with the right attitude, that we are humble to try to learn all that the Lord has for us to know and to understand, and, and to be humble that way. Uh, the teaching must not be held back. Just because things might be offensive to somebody doesn't mean that they need, we need not to teach them the truth of God. We need to understand that. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, that's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, as he was talking to the young evangelist here and trying to give him his advice and molding him and helping him, he says, you preach the word. He said, first and foremost, your, your responsibility is to preach the word. You be ready in season and out of season, rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and, and teaching. For the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. The responsibility we still have to people today is still to preach the word. When it's convenient, and even when it's not so convenient, in season and out of season. In seasons when it's easy to do, convenient out of seasons when it's not so easy to do and when people are confronting us and challenging us about that. And by the way, when people challenge us about the things that are found within God's word, they're not arguing with us. They're arguing with God. And we need to understand that. 
We need to point that back. That's why we, a lot of times we just need people to read, lay it out in the scriptures, see, show them the passages themselves. Let, them, let the passages speak to them. It is God speaking to them, not, not us. We have not come up with all these rules and regulations. God has. And so it's not about us. It's about what God has given in obeying the commandments of the Lord. We think about Bible responses to people being offended. We have in Acts chapter 2, on uh, the first gospel sermon, when Peter stood up with the, with the 11, preached, preached that lesson. He convicted them and let them know that most assuredly, what did they do? They have killed the Lord of glory, right? They crucified him and put him to an open shame. He was the son of God that you have killed. And no wonder they raised up in arms and says, what shall we do? What do we do about this? How do we fix this situation? They recognized their guilt. They recognized their sin in doing that and their involvement in that. And that's when Peter told them to repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, oh, no, don't worry about it. You're okay. If you're offended by this message today, that's okay. You go your way, and it'll, it'll be all right tomorrow. No, he don't say that. He tells them they need to repent. He says they need to change if they're going to be saved. And we don't need to water down that message at all today. We don't need to do that. Don't need to apologize for it. We just need to tell people the truth of what the gospel is. In Acts chapter 7, um, during Pe Stephen's lesson, we all remember what happened to Stephen, right? After he preached his sermon in Acts chapter 7, that he was stoned to death for what he said. And in verse 51, he says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become, lawyer, become betrayers and murderers. We have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. He talks about here, <laughs> Stephen being kind of blunt, wasn't he? He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resisted the Holy Spirit just like your fathers did in the Old Testament. Well, Stephen, are you sure you really wanted to say that? Is that what you really meant to say? Uh, yeah, I'm sure, he, I'm sure you know, Stephen wasn't just saying, you know, talking with a low, low voice here when he was trying to preach that. I think he was getting his message across loud and clear about what he said. He said, you killed the prophets. Your fathers persecuted them. They killed them. There were wicked kings in the Old Testament. We realized what they did. Elijah, Jeremiah. We realized what, you know, other prophets of the Old Testament, what they did to them. And in verse 54, it says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. And do you notice that it says the exact same phrase here in verse 54 as it says over in Acts chapter 2. It says they were cut to the heart, and in Acts chapter 2, they had the response that they said, what, what shall we do, men and brethren? And they were ready to obey in that case. Here they were cut to the heart, gnashed at him with their teeth, and notice the difference. They were not happy. <laughs> in Acts chapter 7. And they weren't ready to repent, but instead they were ready to stone him, put him to death. 
And he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and he said, look, I see the heavens opening and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and they ran at him with one accord. You notice what it says? They stopped their ears and they weren't willing to listen anymore. Whenever we do that, brethren and friends, we have the wrong response to the truth of God. You mark it down each and every time. And they stoned him. And he said, Lord, do not count them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. God knew he had done what he was supposed to do. And he will be with the Lord. No matter what men might do. And we can, we can do some pretty terrible things uh, to people that teach the truth today. Uh, there are sometimes preachers are drugged through the mud quite a bit. Um, persecuted sometimes. Well, preachers lose their job because of preaching the truth. Yes, they will sometimes. Does that change the truth of God at all? Shake your heads this way, brother friends. No, the answer is no. <laughs> it does not change it one little bit. You can fire ten preachers, but the Bible still says what it says. And we have to be careful about that. Are we offended at what the truth of God really is? And if so, shame on us for that being the case. When you look at how the word of offend is used in the scriptures, look at some of these examples, and it is always connected with some transgression or sin or, or some wrong. Um, in Numbers chapter 25 and verse 4, by the way, Numbers chapter 25 and verse 4, this talks about Israel's harlotry um, with the daughters of Moab. And it, notice how that it talks about here. Um, it said, the, Moses, the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders. Notice we call them there. Hang the offenders before the Lord or those who uh, cause stumbling blocks. Might, some of your versions might say that. Uh, or cause you know, someone to stumble. Uh, hang the offenders and those that cause someone to stumble out of the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. Did he say cater to them or allow them to do what they were continuing to do? No. <laughs> he said to hang them. He said put them to death because they were against God. They were violating two of the command, ten commandments here. They were sacrificing to other gods. They were bowing down and worshiping them. And it says that they began to commit harlotry with the woman of Moab also because of this thing. Can you imagine how mad God was? It said he was, his fierce anger needed to be turned away. He killed 24,000 people that day. Must have been pretty upset. They had offended the commandments of the Lord. They had offended God directly. Do we get that? It doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter hill beans if I'm offended because of something stupid here in this life. But if I'm offended because, if I offend God, that's where we need to have real fear. In Second Chronicles chapter 28, Israel was taking captives of their of the people of Judah. Israel was taking captives of Judah and the people of Jerusalem. 
And in 2 Chronicles chapter 28, he was reprimanding them because they're still your brethren. They're still God's people, whether it was Israel or, or Judah. Um, and so they were returning after they were reprimanded about that. Here in 2 Chronicles 28, um, they were being set straight about that. And beginning in verse 10, he says, Now you propose to force the children of Judah and Jerusalem to be your male and female slaves, but you are not also guilty before the Lord your God. Guilty of what? Guilty of not doing what he told them to do. And now he says, You hear and you return to captives, to be taken captive from your brethren, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Do we want God's wrath upon us? I don't know about you, that just makes me cringe to think about it. To think about that I could be on the wrong side of the Lord and to meet him in judgment in that, in that, in that regard. We've seen people that were killed and stoned to death in the Old Testament because of transgression of the law. Did they understand what they had done and the severity of that? Yeah, I believe, I believe they did. <laughs> Maybe we need more fear of that in people today. Um, in Jeremiah chapter 2, with God's case against Israel, Jeremiah chapter 2 and in verse 3. He talked about Israel, he said, was holiness to the Lord. He said, the first fruits of his increase, all that devour him will, will offend. He said, disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. He says, he starts off this chapter, he says, you go and you cry in the, in the, in the hearing of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was going to be led away captive. They were, they were going to be destroyed. The Babylonians were going to come in and totally destroy them. And he said here that Israel, Jeremiah says, was holiness to the Lord. At one time, they had served him the way they ought to have served him in their past. And they were the first fruits of his increase. God did great things with them. He made them a great nation. He gave them a land. He gave them, he blessed them upon measure that they multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. But yet, they offended God, didn't they? And he said, because of that, disaster will come upon you. You've done lewd things that you ought not to have done. And God says, I'll bring you into judgment for that. Over in New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And in verse 6. He says, and blessed is he who is not offended, he said, because of me. <laughs> he was telling John's disciples were coming, you know, they came to John and told him that Jesus is here. And he, he really wanted to know if that was true or not. And look what he, notice what he told them in here in verse 5. He told, he says, you go and tell John these things. You know, he could have told, the, he could have told them, that, yeah, just tell them that Jesus is here. And the Messiah has come. But he doesn't do that. He instead, he says what he says in verse 5. He said, The blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. What would that signify when Jesus would have been told that? Or that John would have been told that, I'm sorry, about Jesus. It means that Jesus really was here. Why? Because nobody 
can make the blind see. Nobody can make the lame walk and the lepers cleansed and the deaf hear. Nobody can do that except he be the son of God. And he said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Now here was John, you know, who eventually is going to be imprisoned and he's going to be beheaded for what he stands for the truth about. But he still preached the truth, didn't he? He still let it, he still let it be known what, his, what the message was. He said, Bless, Jesus says here, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the blind man was healed, do you remember what kind of grief he was given about that? His parents even excommunicated him. And the Jews, you know, they were saying, and you remember what the blind man told him? He says, I think it's a marvelous thing that you don't know who this guy is. <laughs> he said, all I know, he said, I was blind and now I see. He said, that's good enough for me. I know he's the son of God. He has to be the son of God. Only if more people would have understood that. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me and accepts the truth. In Matthew chapter 13, in verse 40. Matthew chapter 13, in verse 40 beginning. He said, therefore, as the tares are gathered to burn the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out his kingdom all, the, all things that, look at it, that offend and those who practice lawlessness. And they will be cast them into the fire furnace, the furnace of fire, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. And he who has ears, he says, let him hear. He said, God is going to come and he's going to separate all things out that offend all those who practice lawlessness. Notice that those two things are in conjunction with each other. Those that offend those that are lawless, those who have transgressed his will. All of those offenders will be punished and be cast into the furnace of fire. Is that a serious thing? Absolutely, brethren and friends. Absolutely. In John chapter 6, John chapter 6, And in verse 61, Jesus uh, knew uh, he was, had talked to the disciples about the, being the bread of life and all that earlier in the discussion. He said, it is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And Jesus knew that in himself the disciples complained about this. And he said to them, does this offend you? They complained to him about this, teaching. He said, does this offend you? And if it does, tell me about this. He said, what then if you should see the Son of Man ascend before you, uh, where he was before? Talk about ascending back into heaven. There were some hard things that they were teaching them here that they didn't quite understand yet. Does this offend you? <laughs> I've came to live and to die and to ascend back into heaven to be on the right hand of the throne of God. That was, that was the order of things that were going to happen. 
And he said, that shouldn't be offensive to us. When truth is preached or whatever it is about our Lord or whatever, it should not be offensive to us. And we teach people about the truth of the gospel, what it says about homosexuality, about what it says divorce and remarriage, or what it says about, you know, faith alone cannot save you. Those things should not be offensive to us. It's just what the scriptures reveal and teach to us. In Proverbs um, chapter 18, read this passage, the lesson will be yours. In Proverbs chapter 18, And in verse 19, Proverbs 18, verse 19, he said, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. We also need to be careful about, you know, offending people, causing them to sin, causing them to have transgression, lead them into transgression and things like that. He said, a brother, of, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And once we've offended them, it's hard, even if, we, even if we say we're sorry about something, even if we repent of those things, sometimes there's damage that is still done that is hard to reverse. So we need to think about those things. I'm not saying that we shouldn't forgive and we shouldn't forget and all those things. We should. But he's trying to tell us here the principle of the matter. And once we do that to somebody... It's hard to change their mind and win them back. He said it's harder to win them than a strong city with like strong walls built up, you know, fortified. It's like you've got to tear all that down again and make sure that you, you uh, teach them that I'm truly sorry about what I've done, you know. We've got to work on that. We've got to prove to them sometimes for a period of time that that is the case. John MacArthur, who wrote some stuff on evidences, he says, don't ever water down the gospel. Uh, if the truth offends, he says, let it offend. You know, that's, and that's, that's, that's exactly right. Um, people have been living their whole lives in offense to God. Let them be offended for a little while. There's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. How about you this morning? Maybe there's someone here that needs to make their life right with God. Maybe there's someone that has been living in an offense to, to God. Uh, we give you the opportunity to respond to the gospel, um, to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, to repent of your sins, your conduct that will lead you to be immersed in the waters of baptism, to count the Lord as your Savior, to confess Him as your Lord. Or if you've not been living right and need to make correction in some way, uh, ask prayers to the congregation. We'd be glad to pray.